Okay, so a couple things. Let's do some announcements. Let's get that out of the way because remember last week we were all ripping and snorting and ready to, just to blast off into the heavenly realm and worship Jesus. And then I forgot the announcements. <laughs> and I can't just skip them because they're in order. So two weeks from tonight, you guys, we have Jeff McCracken. And I believe Roxanne, his wife, will be here as well as a team of students. So if you were here last year, and that was your first time at Legacy City Church, that was last year, April. It hasn't, that's not one year. It was actually in April, but close enough. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> ten months ago. That's right. So Jeff was here ten months ago, and they, they just lit the place up. They lit the house up. It was awesome. Yeah. Then, so just remember the number 19. We have February 19, which I heard some people are going to be out of town, but maybe God will change their plans. I don't know. <laughs> and then March 19th, we have the Bethel students. We have a team of approximately 20 students, students that have come from all around the world. And their team leader is an Australian guy that I got to talk to um, a couple weeks ago now, about a week and a half ago. It's just so good. It's going to be really fun. So I would encourage you guys for both of those nights, if you have people that you know in your workplace or in your neighborhood that you know they need Jesus, you know that they just, all they really need is, is an encounter with the presence of God, bring them those nights. Yeah. Not that you shouldn't bring them on an off <laughs> night like that because they can just as much experience the presence of God. But I will just, a quick testimony. When we had the Bethel students last year, Sam Spiva from Spiva Spice across the parking lot came with his wife and his kids for their first time visiting here. And the testimony that they shared with me after that evening was powerful. They had some things happening in the spirit. Um, he was feeling electricity on top of his head. He was getting all these, these flashes of things that God was speaking to him. And that was just in worship. That was just in the worship time. And then when the, the Bethel students were released to go around the room and just prophesy and pray for people, they, the, the woman that, that spoke to Sam's wife, um, she just was reading her mail big time. She, everything that, that she was experiencing in worship, all these flashes of her childhood and, and negative church experiences, this Bethel student was like, it's almost as if she saw those things and was calling it out and saying, God is healing this, he's healing that. Anyway, they just had a wonderful encounter with God, and it, it forever changed them. It moved them into a, a new level of faith in their business and in their marriage and their family. Yeah. So it's awesome. Yeah. So you guys got those two dates down? 19 and 19. 19, 19. Hopefully it was a good year, right before the roaring 20s. All right, and then Wednesday nights, we do the Foundations of Honor class. We start at 7 p.m. for worship and prayer, and then we go into the, the, the class around 8 o'clock. And this week is session four, confrontation part two, skills for success. I know it sounds scary, but it's good stuff. Yes. So we're getting ready to worship, and I, had a, a, I did have a declaration that I had in place, and I just felt I was wrestling tonight because I felt like God gave me just this little... A little download and so I thought okay I'm just gonna leave it there until we get back to the building and everyone's praying and once we were done praying I felt like okay I just need to share this so can I give you guys a little a little pre exhortation mini sermon and I shouldn't say sermon because that scares people can I give you guys a, a, just a short word of encouragement it's just I'll just read what I typed on my phone is that okay okay I heard one yeah one amen is all I need 
give me an amen and I'll take a mile. Okay, so, so here's a question for you guys. This is the question for myself and, and I'm gonna ask you the same thing. How many of you know that God is preparing his people continually for battle? Do you know that he's preparing you for battle? You were born into a war. I'm not talking about a war on this planet between nations. I'm talking about you, were, you and I were born into a spiritual war, a spiritual conflict. And when you said yes to Jesus, when you surrendered your life to him and the spirit of God came into your body, joining himself with your spirit, causing you to be a born-again new creation, you, at that moment, were brought into a spiritual battle, a spiritual war, in a different way. You were already in it before you knew Jesus. You just didn't recognize what was going on. But once you came to know Jesus and were born again, you stepped into your battle gear. You stepped into a new identity as many things. We, we talk a lot about identity in this house. You became a son or a daughter of God. You became a king. You became a priest. You became a soldier in God's army. But the, the fun thing is we don't fight with weapons of the world. And our fight is not against flesh and blood. Let me just read a couple things because I am turning that into a preach. So Psalm 144 says this, Praise be to the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war. Just say that. You train my hands for war. Yeah. Who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is my loving God and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer. He's my shield in whom I take refuge. Sounds to me like the battle's already won just because of where you're positioned. He's your shield in whom you take refuge and who subdues people under me. So this is just some thoughts. Our assignment individually, so just take this for yourself, your assignment, my assignment individually for advancing the kingdom in our own personal sphere of influence, right? Everyone in this room has a sphere of influence. It could be this big or it could be a mile wide. God has given you your sphere and it's up to you to, to walk in your sphere of influence and bring the kingdom of heaven into that realm. So our assignment individually for advancing the kingdom in our personal sphere of influence often correlates with the degree and intensity of the battle we are fighting. Think about that. You're fighting some battles feel like the, the battle is so huge sometimes that you almost just want to run and give up? Understand that the intensity of the battle, the enemy knows what God's call is on your life. He knows what God, that God has plans for you and I to do great exploits, to, that, that we have been anointed and appointed to establish the, the domain of King Jesus in our own lives, in our family, in our home, our workplace, our neighborhood, our city. And we can talk about what that looks like. It doesn't have to sound scary. We're not going to you know, get swords and go down the street and make people accept Jesus. Okay, we're not, we're not Muslims. We're not of the Islamic faith, okay? 
we have the power of God and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have been graced by God to establish his kingdom with love and power. And I think I scared that guy out. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we don't battle against flesh and blood. But how many of us have become aware, and I pray that you will become more and more aware, that as the battle starts to rage around you, as you go back from the mountaintops where we've been on mountaintops, some of us a couple mountaintops in the last two weeks, conferencing, having mountain peak experiences with God, then we go back down into the, into the valley of life, not, not the valley of the shadow of death necessarily, but just the valley of life. We go back into living life, and then you start feeling opposition. You start feeling the attack. Mm-hmm. How many of us are tempted in those moments to blame someone for the problem, to maybe even demonize somebody. They're the enemy. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have this problem. I don't know if you've ever been there, but I've been there just last week. I visited that place, although not necessarily intentionally, right? Like we all know the truth that the the, the battle is spiritual, but we're tempted to focus on what's right in front of us, on the flesh, on the natural, on people around us. So God is is inviting us tonight to step into a higher perspective, a higher level with him. We call it the heavenly realm. We call it the third heaven. We call it, the Bible says, the place where you and I are seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. Is it up? Is it right here in front of us? I don't know, honestly, but I believe that all we got to do is just step in and get into our seat by faith. It's a step of faith. So we battle not against flesh and blood. The battle is on, on, excuse me, how many of you know, I already asked you this, that when the battle is on, we often look for someone to blame, someone to demonize, although not necessarily intentionally. And we remind ourselves of this. He trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He is personally dealing with me. So I'll just point the finger at myself. And I believe that that you could probably read these for yourself and it would be right on spot, spot on. There you go. He is personally dealing with me in many areas of my thinking, of my lifestyle, to prepare me for battle and equip me for success. Do you know he's trying, he is... He is preparing you for battle and equipping you for success, for victory. For the, from the way we eat and drink, simple lifestyle choices. What am I going to feed my body with? What am I going to consume? What, am I, what liquids am I going to pour into my body? From, that, from the way we eat and drink to the content we consume through our ears and eye gates. What are we feasting on? What do we thrive on? What are we pouring into our bodies, our minds, our spirits? Through the disciplines of spiritual practice, prayer and fasting and meditating on scripture, being instant in season and out of season, just to name a few things. 
And he has provided so much grace for us to grow in all of that. So tonight, right now, we get to step into a place of warfare. And when we fight with God, not like with him, but partnered with God, with partnering with heaven, when we fight with him, we are fighting from victory towards the earth, towards our earth, earthly situations, our circumstances, not for victory from earth to heaven. So if we could stand up, let's just get ready to worship the Lord. I'll try to shake off my concern that maybe I scared the guy out of here, but yeah, yeah. One time, some we just mentioned praying about the whole abortion thing, and someone got up so fast, and their car peeled out of here. Wow. You know, that's just God's way sometimes of keeping us from something that's just going to drain us later. But so, so let's just do this. Let's just put our hands out. And we just say, Holy Spirit, would you come? Come tonight and rest on our worship. Your word says that true spiritual acts of worship are when we offer our bodies to you as living sacrifices. So before a song is sung, before any melody is brought out over the speakers, we just choose right now to offer all that we are, every part of our being, our existence, we offer to you as instruments of righteousness, as living sacrifices. So Lord, would you come tonight? Holy Spirit, just pour your grace and your presence over this offering. We know that in your word, you respond to sacrifice with fire. And our God, you, Lord God, are an all-consuming fire. And we invite you tonight to come and to consume anything in us that would get in the way of us being made fit and ready for battle. Just say this with me. You train my hands for war. You train my hands for war. And my fingers for battle. You are my mighty God, my fortress and my shield. Yeah, why don't we just lift up a shout of praise to him tonight, guys? Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just clap your hands to the Lord. after 
days after Jesus had been crucified and resurrected. In those days, there was a lot of um, uncertainty. I'm sure many of the disciples are like not quite sure what to do at that point. But one of those encounters where Jesus came back to visit his disciples, I think it was Peter and John in the boat. Yeah. Peter and John are in the boat fishing. They've gone back to, they went back to their normal job. And that morning, they'd been, they've been fishing. That morning, Jesus is on the beach. <laughs> and He's making breakfast. <laughs> like, it's like those moments in life where you're like, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't know what that was. And now I'm kind of like, what was that all about? We followed this guy. He did all these cool things. And then we just went through this traumatic experience where he's crucified. And then it really got interesting. He he was resurrected. And just imagine like being in that moment, like, I don't really know what to do right now. I guess I'll go back to work. But then Jesus like shows up on the beach and he's making the breakfast. And I just put myself in that spot of like those fishermen. And it's like, Jesus is making breakfast for me. <laughs> Jesus is making breakfast for you. He's got fish for you already. He's already got it on the fire. He didn't, he wasn't even out, Jesus wasn't out fishing. You were out fishing. <laughs> and you come back, he's already got it. He's got breakfast, and he just wants to sit down with you and, and hang out. Let's have breakfast. Isn't that kind of weird? The savior of the world does this amazing thing. He defeats hell, death, and the grave and just wants to come out back and have breakfast. Welcome to Jesus Bistro. Want some fish? <laughs> you hungry? You've been out fishing all night. And that's like, that's how much Jesus loves us. He's making fish for us. Like we either get lost in the, I don't know what to do, or we get lost in the striving. And we don't have to really do any of that. Jesus like, come on, let's hang out. Let's rest by the sea. I really, I really love that about him. It's not work. It's not work with him. 
notice he didn't be like, what are you guys doing out there on the boat fishing? You're supposed to be out preaching the gospel. Didn't you hear what I said to the other guys? wants to hang out with us and be with us, talk with us, get to know us, love on us. He wants to love on us. How many times have I tried to like, oh God, I love you so much. I love you so much. I want I want you to know how much I love you. I don't think I fully understand like my love is just a tiny little sliver compared to his love. And he's like, let me show you how unfailing and how great my love is. And I'm just going to pour it into you. But that's how chill Jesus is. Jesus is so chill. Jesus is super chill. He doesn't care. I mean, he cares. But you know what I mean? Like, we get to we get to operate from a place of rest. We get to operate from a place of breakfast with a nice view of the water. We get to leisure. We get to be leisurely. We get to leisure as kings and priests. And just like Scott was saying earlier, we, we don't have weapons of, we don't have swords. I mean, you could have a sword or other stuff, but that's not how we do in the spirit. We get to leisure with Jesus. Yeah, you're awesome. Keep going. This is awesome. As he like waylays the enemy. That was sweet. And it's no, that's nothing to him. What's more important, more than important, and all of that stuff, is he just wants to hang out with us, do cool things, show us cool things. I love that. And maybe I don't think about that myself enough. He's like a better friend than any of us could ever, ever, ever have. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just stay on that theme. Just keep that picture in your mind of Jesus cooking breakfast on the shore. <clears throat> I'm going to read to you guys the lyrics of a song that's a, about that story. I just want, felt like the Lord was on it. So hopefully I'm not missing the mark here. But just... Just kind of go with me. Maybe if you want to close your eyes. This might be a little bit of a different uh, angle of Jesus on the shore. But yeah, he wants to just meet with you. He wants to, he wants to encounter you and you to encounter him in this moment. And even more than tonight, uh, ongoing. So here's the, the lyrics of the song, that's that story. In the early morning mist, hope I don't get messed up while I'm reading this. Sorry, it's one of those songs that really used to like make me cry when I'd sing it. In the early morning mist, they saw a stranger on the shore. He somehow seemed familiar, asking what the night had brought. 
with taut anticipation, then they listened to his order and pulling in the net found that more than they had ever caught. The one he loved first recognized the stranger there was Jesus. He alone remembered this had happened once before. The one who had denied him, who had walked once upon the water, jumped in and swam to him to be confronted on the shore. You need to be confronted by the stranger on the shore. You need to have him search your soul. You need to hear the call. You need to learn exactly what it means for you to follow. You need to realize that he's asking for your all. The meal he had prepared for them was waiting on the fire, the smell of bread, the sizzle of the fish upon the coals, the laughter and the joy that once more being all together they didn't realize that he was searching all their souls. Then came the painful questions that would pierce the soul of Simon, a threefold chance to reaffirm the love he had denied. The gentle eyes that saw his heart and waited for an answer had seen the look upon his face the moment he had lied. Now you realize that you must face and answer all his questions as you stand before the stranger on the shore inside your heart. That's deep. And really, the goal that the Lord has, I believe, is he does want just intimacy with us. He wants, he wants fellowship. Our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son the Holy Spirit but sometimes sometimes he wants to search our hearts he wants to look deep in and he's inviting us to come and meet with him to come into that place face to face he's he's wanting <laughs> sorry I'm laughing he, he's he's laughing he's he's uh He's wanting the invitation from you and from me to go into a place like that with him where we can really be transparent, where we are really willing to hear the questions that he has for us and the answers that he has for us. This, isn't, this is not a, a heavy like judgment. This is not... doing more to gain his acceptance or favor. There's nothing we could ever do to, to earn his favor. Everything is by grace through faith. But intimacy with the Lord, it's, it's costly. It's costly if it's a one-way. It's not costly if it's a one-way thing where he just just pours out intimacy towards you and you're only intimate with him to get something. That doesn't cost anything. In fact, that's something else. 
But when we meet with the Lord and respond to His draw into intimacy, it's not, what He's after is not for us to get something more, to do more, to gain more territory necessarily. Really what He wants is just that deep place with you and me. He just he wants to know your heart and he wants you and me to want his heart above all things. Because he knows, he knows that, you guys know the parable of the seed being sown amongst the, the weeds and the rocks and, and then the good soil. He knows that there are things in the world that will try to pull our attention away and he wants intimacy he wants our relationship with him to be like the relationship he has with the father and had while he walked on the earth that we would learn how to recognize his presence his continual presence all day long from the time we get up till the time we go back to bed that we would we would be have an awareness of his presence and desire to be intimate with us. Bless you. Anyway, I just thought that was that was awesome. That was beautiful that you brought us into that. And I just hopefully that song lyric didn't cut across that. I felt like it it it, it goes to a deeper place. The invitation's open. He he says, Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and knock. I used to have a big picture of Jesus outside. So it was the United Nations building. But anyway, you get the picture. He stands at Revelations, uh, the book of Revelation, Jesus is talking to the church when he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's like, sometimes he can get outside of the door of the house of our life. He's never left us, but, but he's like, hey, can I come in? I want to have fellowship with you. I want to come in and eat with you. That's what Jesus said in Revelation. If, if anyone opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with him and he with me. So let's just take, take the opportunity. Let's just drop all of the religious nonsense, all of the hoops, as important as it is to have spiritual discipline in our lives. Let's just go, let, let's let all of those things, those disciplines, the prayer, the fasting, the, the reading of the scripture, the feasting on YouTube videos, whatever your method is. Well, Jill's not here, so I can't really, you know, YouTube videos or whatever it is, whatever it is that you're feeding on to get more of him. Let all of those things, let's let all of that, those are just doors to get us into a, a deeper place with him. Because the, the ultimate reality, the ultimate goal is face to face. Just you and me, Lord. When you shed this body, when you take your last breath and your spirit man, your spirit woman is lifted up by the angels and you are carried up into the presence of the Lord to meet the Lord for the first time face to face in a new way. Maybe you've met him face to face here on earth, but this is going to be way different. There won't be any Bible reading first. There won't be any YouTube videos. There won't be any worship songs. You're going to be brought right up into his presence. 
to see the one who you've worshipped, who you've longed for, who you've listened to. And prayerfully, I'll pray this for myself, I hope this for myself as well as everyone here, that that crossing over from this world into that world, when that day finally comes, it'll be like my ear was up against the veil, hearing his voice, the whisper, and now, I see you. It reminds me of when Isabel was a baby and in the hospital, and she had heard my voice through her mom's belly, through that layer of flesh, through the water that she was living inside of that, that, that container of warm liquid, being nourished, hearing voices, hearing these muffled sounds and responding to it. And I remember I would talk to her, hoping that she could hear me. then in the hospital, rolling her down the hallway in the little plastic thing on wheels, saying to this brand new baby, my first child I've ever laid eyes on, saying, hi, Isabel, and her eyes were cool. <laughs> That's how it's going to be. You're going to hear his voice from here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> glad that guy left. I don't want him seeing me cry. No, I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's going to be hearing that still small voice and then you're going to see him face to face. So when you conduct your meetings, you should always let everything be done to build up the family, right? So we want to strengthen. We want to build up everyone in this room so that when you go back to work tomorrow or wherever you're going to go, you have some, some food that you're still feasting on. Whether you share a song of praise, David did that so awesomely. Good job. You're brave. I wouldn't sing in front of everyone like that. Maybe, maybe someday I will. Tammy's like, no, don't. Song of praise, a teaching, a divine revelation. Tongues. Well, we didn't do any interpretation of tongues, but let each one contribute what strengthens others. So I just want to take some more time. If anyone feels like the Holy Spirit birthed something tonight inside of you for the strengthening, for the encouragement, for the building up of this, this little tribe here, then I want you to grab the microphone from wherever it's hiding and, and share. Tasty. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Does anybody have something? Barbara? Dale? Any, any revelation? Any pictures? Any voice that the Lord was giving you? Uh, the Spirit of the Lord speaking to you in His voice? This wasn't really like a whole big but while I was praying and it was just kind of interesting because um, I was praying for to fill the room with his 
presence and blood divine healing and the ability to pass that healing on and it was more just a, a vision of uh, it was as if it were a, a rain of golden shiny healing presence of God coming down upon and and then I started kind of shifting over talking to Jesus and that rain became purple instead of gold and then I started talking about the Holy Spirit and it became a brilliant blue I, and then I went back to the Father and it was gold again and I'm like <laughs> I'm going to test this okay Jesus <laughs> and it was purple again and I don't know what the colors apparently those are three divine colors we must embrace or something I don't know but wow it, anybody want to speak into the colors I mean I could give my purple royal Jesus king yeah so purple represents royalty blue represents healing and what was the other color oh and gold yeah, blue is healing and often the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and the Holy Spirit, yeah. Is I'm not sure about the gold. Yeah, yeah. And I, I would, I don't know, gold. Yeah. There you go. Give it a mic. When you're seeing God, you're seeing gold. That's the throne room. That's the Father's love. When you're seeing Jesus, you're seeing purple. And that's the royalty. Jesus died for us. Right? That's where our identity comes from. We're royalty because of that. Then you see blue, and that's Holy Spirit. That's healing. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. That's where we get our good gifts from, from Jesus, from the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. Lord God, I just thank you right now for what you released through Dale, what you showed Dale, Lord God, the gift that you have given him to release to the body here, Lord God. And so we just receive that right now. We receive the Father's love. Lord, we receive the love of Jesus. We receive the sacrifice of Jesus, his death and resurrection. We come into agreement with the fullness, the fullness of the cross, Lord God, the full power of resurrection. And we say, yes, Holy Spirit, you are our counselor, you are our friend. And we receive the good gifts that the Father has given to us through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for the gift of healing that is falling on this house, Lord God. That is being imparted to everyone here, Lord God, to go out through the entire peninsula. Lord God, all the way out to Pierce County and further, Lord God. Lord, thank you for your messenger. Thank you for blessing Dale, Lord. We just pray that you would bless him greater, Lord God, with the anointing that you have given to him. That as you continue to stir this up freely, that has been given to you, when you give that to the body of Christ, the Lord's going to give you more. He's going to open your eyes to more. Keep testing that. Keep doing that. Everybody here, keep testing your gifts. Keep pressing in. Lord, I thank you for the gift of the seer that you have released over this house, Lord God. We have many seers, Lord. What a privilege and an honor. What a privilege and honor, Lord, that we get to see into your holiness. We get to see your goodness on display in this earth, and we get a glimpse of your love for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
you saw purple too. Okay. Let's get that recorded. I also saw a purple row. It was just Jesus is in the room, was and is in the room. So when we were praying um, before service, uh, I saw Jesus planted uh, a pole, a pole with a flag on it. Like in, in medieval times, there would be like jousting or whatever. It'd be this long, long, long triangular silk flag so there's this gold gold and silk flag and it went way up and it, it covered the entire city of Bremerton and it just it moved just so gracefully and shiny with father's breath and it just moved in all directions throughout the whole city and it, it was planted in this church planted here and it just rose that pole rose above the whole city in the flag this beautiful silk shining flag was just fluttering over the entire city of Bremerton when we started in worship Jesus was in the room Jesus was dancing and twirling and then the deeper we got into it he just spread his arms out and just anointed everyone just anointed everyone in the room and it just continued to flow and it was a again it was like a, a golden was that oil or water but it just it just flowed and flowed and flowed filled the room filled each of us the overflowing and we're we are been anointed by Jesus we have been touched by Jesus tonight matched his heartbeat and in the background angels were singing and just joyfully we were singing along with the worship songs and just in complete joy just joy 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 spread tonight we've just received a special healing joyful healing anointing his mercy his compassion his joy just overflowing with the love the heart of Jesus just matching each one of us, matching each one, inviting us in to the feast that is replenished every day. And we feast on you, Jesus. We thank you. You not all are not only are always here, but you always show up in greater measure. Impart your love on us. You so we love you so so much, Jesus. Thank you for planting that flag here. The Father's love is planted here in this church. That invited the entire city of Bremerton to bask in Father's love, the compassion of Holy Spirit and the blessing and the sacrifice that we receive from Jesus is always there for us. He is always, always there for us. He is our faithful Lord. That's good. Awesome. Beautiful. Man, I feel bad for folks when they don't get a B in this. It's like, 
there's more happening in the unseen than what is seen. David's got something. This is good. Barbara, when you when you just spoke about the the flagpole coming down, it reminded me of of a. I've had a, a similar picture like that in in the word it talks about his scepter. So I'll read some of those because it describes the scepter that is of the kingdom. It says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of uprightness. That's Psalm 45, 6. And in Hebrews it says, But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. That's Hebrews 1.8. In, in an opposite way, in Isaiah 14.5, it says, The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of rulers. In Psalm 108.8, it says, Gilead is mine, Manasseh is mine, Ephraim is mine, is my helmet, and Judah is my scepter. I think this one is probably the best. It's with Queen Esther. And remember, Queen Esther is like is like the church. And, uh, when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, she won favor in his sight. And he held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. And I feel like Holy Spirit is saying, like, we have... As a church, we've won favor in his sight. Lord, I thank you that you've established your scepter here. You've established your scepter in Bremerton. The scepter of uprightness of your kingdom is established here. The scepter of Judah. Thank you, Jesus. That's good. That's good. Such a sweet thing that the Lord is doing tonight. This is good. I, I feel like, uh, I, I feel like what I was in the kitchen preparing to lay out on the table is perfectly going to fit. It's, it's about healing. Um, just actually had something else that I was working on. I was, I was a little bit like, kind of like Barbara when there's a feast that's happening. You just pick too many things to prepare. And then you're like, which one do I bring? But except for you, you just bring it all. In the past, when we've had, anyway, don't mean to pick on you, but it just made me think of that because um, you like to prepare things. And it could be dangerous because you could like pull so many things together and then in this type of setting, which one do you pick? I even presented it to these two with, in case they were burning with something. I thought, well, maybe I just am not settling on something because he was highlighting them, and they, they want to process a little bit of what, what's happened. See, we, we, most of us went to a conference the previous weekend, and then they did a double, double down and got double dipped, basically, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, so that's awesome. 
So, uh, I don't know, maybe you guys will be giving us the juice next Sunday, maybe, possibly. Lord willing, if, if, if the Holy Spirit you know, is giving you a big yes. Otherwise, we'll go into uh, just talking about the goodness of God. Just Every month, I want to I wanna tackle one of the kingdom cultures, the kingdom values that this house embraces and that we want to massage in. And so the goodness of God was just beating on my heart, but I felt like God was like healing, healing, healing. Like the, the word, the, the mandate on this house, the mandate for the church really is to minister healing. But I felt like God, so are you guys good with this? Are we okay? Let's just, yeah, you got to have the microphone. <laughs> Please. So one of the things that, that Father God guided me into uh, watching, actually yesterday, was um, uh, through Dutch Sheets. And it was about a week and a half ago. He had... Um, it was more than a download. It was an open vision that lasted like about 40 minutes. And it was about um, a whole new release of revival in the youth, in communities, and throughout this country. And so there was just, and he, he described what was going on the whole time. He was, it was like he said, he was watching a movie on a wall and as it was going on. He just described it to everyone who was in the room. It was at a conference. And so I would like to take Dutch's word and release it over the youth in this room. And because, frankly, we're all children of God, release that over everyone in the room in our entire Legacy City community. Awesome. It's just a, just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. Uh, some, he was seeing that in, in particularly high schools and universities, that, that kids who had been kind of raised into a skewed socialism were just getting saved. Some who had never even heard of Jesus before, and they were, just, they were getting saved and lifted up, and so they were falling out all over the place. It was, wow. it was just astonishing. There is such a, a spirit of revival unlike anything that has happened in the history of this planet that is being released now. And it's just so amazing. It's so amazing that God chose us, that he made a purpose and then wrapped a body around it and called it us and planted us here on this earth and we get to live this life here now. It's so, so exciting. It's just like I almost can't wait for the next thing to happen. <laughs> it's just, just an ongoing thing. There might be some difficult times, but those are some gifts that we get to move through to the, it just brings us closer it brings our focus closer to Jesus and the God with the guidance of Holy Spirit so well maybe you will send me the link to the Dutch sheets thing that you're talking about and then we can take hold of it and really release it in an even, even greater way in a greater, greater measure greater measure if you guys can bear with me, I'm going to try to get us to the actual steak of the meal. We'll, we'll kind of just pick up the salad real fast and cast the vegetables to the side. Tammy's going to get a drink so that she has something to wash it all down with.
So Proverbs 29, 23, this is a really important encouragement for us and a reminder for us as believers and for church leaders, for ministries, when there is no clear prophetic vision, people, oh, there's the angels, people quickly wander astray. If, if we don't have direction, if we don't know what, why we're doing this, we're going to get bored and we're going to wander off and do something that's more exciting, right? That's what I would do. <clears throat> but when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss will fill your soul. So we want to get the revelation of God's word, his written word, and also we want to take hold of prophetic words that come into alignment with the plumb line of scripture that are resonating inside of our hearts and partner with those prophetic words, those rhema words of God. So you've got the, the written word, the logos, and you've got the rhema word, the freshly spoken word that God speaks to us through intimacy with him and through people who hear his voice giving you prophetic words. Also through dreams, um, various ways, but it's just all getting a hold of how God is speaking and what he's saying and what he's highlighting from this because this the revelation of this word right here is, is of utmost importance, but there's so much in here. We need the Holy Spirit to highlight, to direct us on where, what is he saying for right now. He's, his word is always going out. It's always moving forward. But it's not everything in the book all at one time or else you wouldn't be able to wrap your brain around it. It'd just be like, you guys understand what I'm saying? You, you catch what I'm saying? Okay, so we need the prophetic Word from the written word in Revelation. And when we grab hold of those things and remind ourselves of what God has spoken, it will fill our hearts with excitement, with like what Barbara's talking about, anticipation for what God is going to do. Like our appetites have been set for this. So let's just, let's just dive right on in here. I have um, through the Holy Spirit, through Holy Spirit imparted vision and prophetic words that we have received. We believe that we as a church are called to be vessels and gateways. I won't have you start saying things to your neighbor, but just this is what you are. You are a vessel. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit, a vessel of God's presence. You are a gateway for the kingdom of God, which is in the Holy Spirit. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So where you have the Holy Spirit showing up, that is where the kingdom is at. If the king is not in the room, then the king, you know, there's no kingdom without the king. So we are vessels, we are gateways. Holy Spirit is in us. The kingdom of heaven is, at, is within us, it's at hand. And it's our privilege to dispense the kingdom, to release the kingdom, to push forward the kingdom. So vessels, gateways for the kingdom of God to come through us into our sphere of influence. It's pretty simple when you think about it. It's not about getting people to come to church, however awesome that would be. So please, by all means, invite folks. It'd be nice to have, you know, some, <clears throat> some more warm bodies to flood the room and more, more to dispense this stuff to, because we want to see, we want to see the kingdom deposit in Christians and sons and daughters of God be stirred up and be a 
highlighted and anointed and then send people back out to do what this, this is saying, to release the kingdom through the vessel that you are into your sphere, into your, your area of influence, into your classrooms. You know, and we were talking about the meet, before the meeting started about this, these cloths that Sandy brought, these that we wanted to anoint and pray over and, and just let soak up during our worship time. I'd encourage Cheryl, bring a cloth in and then take it back to that classroom before the kids come in and just hit those seats just in the name of Jesus. Fire, fire, fire. Just, yeah, dance around the room, break off. See, see your, your dominion is where God has given you dominion. So where your feet tread, where he has given you an assignment to walk through the classroom, through my neighborhood here as I deliver mail in my, my post office, in our house, you guys get the picture. Wherever you are assigned, you don't need to think of things because that could get dangerous if you just start, oh, I got an idea. Let's go over to that really dark area in another city and let's go do warfare. Well, that could really kick you in the butt if you do stupid stuff without hearing his voice. So anyway, know what your sphere and your assignment is. And then when you're down at the pause office, you are like a sprinkler. You may not see what the Holy Spirit's doing, but you are releasing wisdom and authority based on who you are, anointed by the Holy Spirit, with the name of Jesus and the authority of Jesus in you and on you and released through you. Okay, so you guys get the point. So just a few things, and I'm gonna, this will be the salad. I know, it's gonna look like a really tasty salad. You're being like, why are you throwing the bacon in the, you know, it, it is like a cob salad or a chef salad. And I'm gonna cast all the ham and all the good stuff off just to get to the steak dinner. Okay, I'm pointing at the screen. So these are, these are prophetic vision, val, kingdom values, things that God has spoken to us to establish in a, in a church body in this house. People who are, we are a people who are established in our identity in Christ, that we have unity and we're like-minded in our beliefs, that we have powerful pillars that are here that go out into the community, that we are excellent stewards, people that know we carry the presence wherever we go. We've come alive and awakened to that reality. That this is a training center for people getting free on the inside, inner transformation. Orphan hearts, prodigal sons come to know the Father, the spirit of sonship. We are all about that identity thing. Equipping the saints, Ephesians 4, 1 through 13, 11 through 13 talks about the fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, equipping the saints. So we want to equip the saints to see from heaven's perspective. I would say that's like what apostolic is, seeing the heavenly blueprint and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, which is the prophetic through intimacy with the Lord. Honoring people by calling out the gold that the Holy Spirit shows us within them finding hidden treasure. See, if we can, if we can awaken an army of, of sons and daughters that are like positioned that way, always on the hunt. Where's the gold coin? Let me just, like the widow sweeping through the house because there's a lost gold coin somewhere, looking for the hidden treasure in people, not just in here. We're going to get bored if all we do is prophesy and call out gold in each other, but to take a step and a risk while we're out there Say, Holy Spirit, what what do you what do you say about that person? How do you think and feel about them? What's on your heart towards that coworker of mine that irritates me sometimes? Sister Sandpaper. Okay. Salad's almost pushed aside. 
Ukraine for salad. There you go. We're also believing that God has placed us here for city transformation, releasing blessing and wisdom into our city government. Thank you guys for going down to the government building and praying one, once a month, right? You know, while, while we're coming in here on a Wednesday trying to get the building set up and we're, they're over there praying once a month for our government leaders for change in our city. Um, so we're releasing blessing and wisdom into our city government for crime to decrease, solutions for homelessness, for businesses thriving, etc. Addiction and depression broken. Okay, now we're moving out from the city government's responsibility. As we extend the kingdom, we want to see addiction and depression broken. This is all part of healing. It's all part of healing. Undoing the works of the devil as Jesus did. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. Healing hearts. That's a word that we've held on to and we won't let go. We want to see physical hearts healed and spiritual hearts that are broken healed. In the broken mind, we are his hands and his feet. Salvations, miracles, signs and wonders, healthy individuals, families and marriages, all of that stuff. We want to see life coming into the dead, dying, broken places. Does that make sense? Is that all good? I think we've, you could like preach hours on each one of those things, but I'm just trying to Hurry up with the salad. Okay, salad's moved aside. This is kind of like, oh, I just skipped it. Oh, no, and I can't go backwards. It was a picture of Randy Clark praying for someone, and it said, it's a quote, healing, physical, spiritual, mental healing, so, being sozoed, full-on healed, salvation coming into your body, and healing your broken parts, your broken thinking, your broken heart, the, the, the sickness in your body. Healing is central to the gospel. You guys don't need me to convince you. You read the gospels everywhere Jesus went, he healed, right? Last time you read your Bible. So if healing is central to the gospel, let's look at the word. These signs will accompany those who believe. It will. It's not like if they go to Bible school long enough and they really get their stuff cleaned up enough and try hard enough and get the formulas just right, then maybe if I've anointed them for it, healing will happen through them. I don't believe that's how it is at all. In fact, if you read some of that John G. Lake stuff, it's not about you, it's about the finished work of Jesus. Jesus died on the cross and paid in full and all we have to do is take the authority that he's given us and step out and begin to minister his healing. Now, and we'll get a little bit more into it, but so hang on. Don't get too, too excited now. Don't get your shorts and a wedgie. Okay, so these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. You are going to drive out demons. You, my sister, are going to drive out demons. Those demon-possessed kids that you know there's something going on there, you're going to drive them out. You carry Holy Spirit. You carry the kingdom of heaven within you. And he is going to give you the authority. He's, going to, he's given you the authority. He's going to wake you up to what he's given you. And you're going to begin to see people set free. I don't know what it's going to look like. Prophesy. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. So kids, if you're still like, when am I going to speak in tongues? Eh, it's kind of weird. I don't know if I want it. Maybe you're ready to do it. 
I don't know, I've never heard you, but that's okay. It's not for me. It's for God and you. Um, it's part of what the package he has for you. If you want it, he's got it. You get to do it. You get to speak in tongues. They'll speak in tongues. Boy, if I don't get through the scripture, we're not going to get anywhere. So they will pick up snakes with their hands. I wouldn't recommend just doing it for the fun of it. Probably wouldn't happen anyway to you guys. Um, when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. So I believe that this scripture is going to be a key to helping people who have been, some in this room, I'll just say perhaps, who have received vaccinations over the years, not just the COVID vaccine, different vaccines. If you are, if you are afraid that what you have received as a vaccination has harmed you or is causing harm, this is the key right here. They will pick up snakes with their hands. They, and when they drink, when they have drunk deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. Okay? The spirit of life is in you. And the spirit of life released, the spirit of Jesus releases life into your physical body. So whatever is coming against, whether it's that or sickness, the flu, whatever is coming against your body, you get to fight with the truth. You get to fight with the authority of the power of the name of Jesus until that thing is out of you, until that thing is negated, until life floods your body. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get healed. It's a, it's a will, they will get healed. This is, a, this is a, a thing where faith, your individual faith, my individual faith has to get up to believing actually that this is true. Okay, so another scripture. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Jesus said this. And greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So we're not going in Barbara's name and Scott's name and David and Cara's name and Ethan's name. We're not going, oh, is my name powerful enough? Do I have enough in me to really bring healing? No, we are going with the name above all names, the authority of the high king of heaven, the, the creator of the universe, the redeemer of our souls, the one who has called you and anointed you to be a king and a priest a minister of the gospel where these signs shall follow in his name. See, we place, we bank, we put all of our chips on the name of Jesus. We're like, uh, there's my good, my good deeds, my ac acclamations. What, what's, what am I looking for? The, my my uh, accolades. There you go. My accolades, my good works, anything I've done in God's eyes. He's like, nice try, but it's, kind of like a stinky rag when you do that and you try to bring it to me. The Bible says that our, our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. So nice try. You can try to be self-righteous all you want, but it, it just it smells bad to God. We want the righteousness of Christ, the life of Jesus. We just, we're just the vessel. We're just the temple. We just we receive the deposit of, of power and life and authority in the name of Jesus, and we just humbly go in and be like, I'm just obeying what he said. He, he wants to heal you. Can I put my hand on you? In the name of Jesus, receive life. However, he leads you. Okay. Here's basically the, the meat of tonight. 
What if I pray for someone to be healed and nothing happens? Okay, so this, I would call this, it's kind of like the steak, but maybe it's after you ate the steak. The scriptures were the steak. That was the meat. This is like, I don't know, just scraping the plate and getting every last little bit, knowing what to do with the dirty dish when you're done. I don't know. I'm just being weird right now. What if I pray for someone to be healed and nothing happens? I got some really good tools. You guys want some tools? How to, how to navigate this? What happens if you pray for someone and they don't get healed? You just, oh, I guess I don't have the anointing to heal people. I guess it's not my ministry. I guess I should just, you know, do my thing and listen to worship music on the way to work and never pray for people because when I pray for people, they don't get healed. Okay. Number one. They're not numbered. Realize, number one, it's not God's fault. Okay. Don't get mad at God. He, it's his will to heal people. I don't know what you feel about that, but as far as this, this house goes, we believe that it is the will of God to heal. That God does not send sickness into people's bodies so that he can teach them lessons. Okay, that is a teaching that goes on in the body of Christ, and it is, it is anti-biblical. It goes against what Jesus did on the cross. Why would God send sickness that Jesus bore in his body? He bore in his body on the cross our sin, our sickness, and our oppression. And he broke the power of that through his death. By his stripes we are healed. So if he paid for that, then why would God send sickness? It just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. We could argue about it, but probably won't. I'm like a Jehovah's Witness. You're not going to convince me. Right, Dad? Is that what they told you? You're not going to convince me, so you might as well not even try talking. Okay. Learn from others who see miracles. Here's an important key. Tammy and I did not see a lot of supernatural activity until we started watching people do it and seeing how it's done. We learned. We watched Randy Clark conferences. We, we watched people at Bethel. We saw Bill Johnson and different people from the, the church teams stepping out with words of knowledge and declaring healing. We, we've learned. So learn from others who see miracles. Have them pray for you. And if it's Tammy getting the prayer, she'll be the one to fall out and I'll catch her. Even though I'm the one that wanted to fall out. I'm her personal catcher. That's why God made me. Thanks, Dad, for bringing me into the world to be Tammy's personal catcher. If you don't know people who see miracles, so if you don't know anyone, if you don't have people in your life that have gone after miracles and seen some breakthroughs, then find them. Books will help if the author has a miracle lifestyle. So don't read books from John MacArthur about healing. He's a cessationist. John MacArthur is a powerful man of God and full of the word of God, but he believes that the gifts died with the apostles. They ceased cessation. Boo, yeah, boo. Don't try to learn from those who only have a theory of miracles, okay? Do what Jesus told his disciples to do when he addressed the problem. So they came to him, right? They're like, Jesus, how come we do this stuff but nothing's happening? How come we couldn't heal the person? Pray and fast. That's what Jesus told them. These kind come out through prayer and fasting. Not just for the problem, though. We don't just pray and fast for that problem. We don't just pray and fast just to see that person get freed from heroin addiction or that spirit to come out of them. We fast and we pray for a lifestyle anointing. Like, 
we go deeper into God, we're like, God, I'm so hungry for more of you, more of your, your power and anointing flowing in my life, being awake and alert as I go through my day to see people all around me who need you, who need your touch. Anoint me for that. I will put aside food for however, however long. I will pray. I will seek your face if I could just walk in this same anointing and, and miracle power that you did. Not just to get glory for yourself, hopefully not at all to get glory for yourself, but to see Jesus get his reward because that's what it really is all about. You guys good? I'm kind of putting the foot on the gas pedal all the way down because I, I want to get it done, but I don't want to drag it out. Take a risk. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Risk. Pray for people. And don't pray, if it be your will, kind of prayer. Know what the will of God is. And pray the will of God. Declare the will of God. When you learn from others who have done it, people that walk in signs, wonders, miracles, you see Jesus, how he prayed. He didn't pray and ask, Father, would you please, God, if it's your will, make the fever in this woman go away? No, he rebuked the fever. Yeah. I don't even know what that sounded like. It just says he rebuked it. He's probably like, fever, get out. Just, Jesus. Yeah, I was reading about this this morning and just how, you know, the, a guy wanted Jesus to pray for his daughter and someone else said, sorry, she's already gone. She's passed away. And Jesus is like, no, she's not. She is just sleeping. And I just feel like we need to have, obviously he's Jesus and he does has done all these miracles, but I feel like we need to walk in that same confidence when we're doing this. Like from just being at the Randy Clark conference and watching for several years, these guys aren't going up to people and being like, well, I don't know if God really wants to heal them. And I don't know, we'll, we'll just give it a try and see how this works. Like they're going up and they know they're going in his authority and they're like, be healed in Jesus name. And I feel like that's how, even if we haven't experienced seeing someone healed yet, I feel like every time we go into it, we need to go in with He's with me. He's going to work through me. And you go in with that authority and be healed in Jesus' name. And that's anyone that I've, in the past, that I have approached with that, we've seen them healed. And sometimes, I know, I've heard, sometimes there was even times where that person, like, you, you maybe are even like, I don't know, God, like, you have to show up for this one because I'm not feeling it. And, but if there's that little mustard seed, you know, that that person has or you have, and sometimes they don't have faith for it, and so you're going to have to have that faith for it. You got to go in like, you know what? You may not feel like you're going to get healed, but I'm going to have enough faith for the two of us. And you just have to go in with that authority. And going in with authority doesn't necessarily mean you have to say, I come in the name of Jesus and the authority no, of heaven. No, no, You know you're in his authority. You know you are being sent in his name. Exactly. Put your hand on him and just say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Yeah. I think sometimes we... We overcomplicate. Maybe we're trying to work up our own faith when we do that. I don't know. I probably do. Probably like, I'm trying to, trying to stir myself up in faith to, you know really then feel, if I feel the goosebumps, 
then I'm ready. Yeah. And we're getting there. That's don't cheat. That's cheating, Barbara. So you get a prophetic person in the room, and then they, they try to preach the notes before it even gets to that part, and it's in there. So somehow you knew. Okay, so not if it be your will kind of prayer. I've, in thousands of people, this is Bill Johnson, by the way, in the thousands of people I've seen healed, I've never seen anyone healed from that kind of prayer. Never. It's hard to hurt someone's faith by praying for a miracle. This is really important. We might be thinking, well, if I pray for them and they don't get healed, it's going to hurt their faith. They're going to be really disappointed and let down. Bill says it's hard to hurt someone's faith by praying for a miracle. Not praying for a miracle gives them no chance for increased faith. That is what hurts faith. The real goal is to show people God's love. When you come to that person with love and compassion, the presence of God on you, wanting to manifest his heart for them, that's going to change something. And we're going to get to some other stuff here because, you know, there's some differences between instant healing and gradual. But, But hang on. Hold on. Faith grows in the display of God's love. If you want to see your faith grow and you want to see healing more likely to come through, to break through, go in love. Get your heart saturated with the love of of Jesus. You know, we spend a lot of time in the Lord's presence, and it's so funny how you can be in a worship atmosphere and leave that place and all of a sudden just be kind of like a jerk. You know, I'm, I'm speaking about myself. You can be like cussing at someone in another car if I'm by myself. Most of the time. <laughs> James like, don't worry, she's cussing at him too. That jerk just cut you. No. Anyway, gotta, you know, I don't want to go into this alone here. So. <laughs> yeah, but, it, but, you know, and I've heard people say, you know, it makes you wonder, who are you really worshiping? Because when we worship God, we get changed. We get transformed into his likeness with increasing glory. That's what 2 Corinthians 3 says. The more we are in his presence with an unveiled face, Beholding the glory of the Lord, we get changed into the likeness of Jesus. So, and it's not like a condemnation thing, because we are, you know, flesh. But we have the Holy Spirit. We have the power of God. And the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So, anyway, faith grows in the display of God's love. I'm going to keep moving here. We're almost done. His love is seen when we show compassion and display God's power. I've seen people display God's power with not a lot of compassion, Makes it kind of hard to swallow, but God still, in His grace, He moves through people that can be really like, you know, you've seen those older healers that they're just, they've been doing it so long and they probably don't get enough rest and they're just kind of cranky. And, in the name of Jesus, be healed! And <laughs> kick them in the leg. And, and then they, they start shaking and they fall out. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> worked for Him. I mean, I wouldn't say you should follow that example. We want to be like Jesus, right? Okay, there we go. If someone isn't healed, if they're not healed, realize the problem isn't God. Okay, we don't blame God. God is good. We maintain and we hold the truth that God is good. Okay, in him there is no wickedness. There's no sin or sickness. So if someone isn't healed, we realize the problem isn't God. And seek him for direction. Intimacy. Ask the Lord, God. Is there something that I missed? Is there something I could have done different? 
and listen. Take time to listen. Seek him for direction as well as personal breakthrough. Greater anointing. We've gone after that. We prayed for that even in this meeting, that God would increase our anointing for healing. We have been given prophetic words over this house that we would walk in the John G. Lake anointing. That's not, it is healing. It's not just healing, though. It's, it's blessing and breakthrough and increase in so many different ways over businesses, over relationships, over physical. I mean, the, the greatest one is the physical healing. That is like the, the most blatant evidence of the power of God being demonstrated. So we want to see that, but we want to see the healing come through in so many different areas. Um, so when we grab hold of that, we, we are taking that word and we are pressing into God for the, for the breakthrough, for the increased anointing. Um, I've been talking about fasting for a long time and I still haven't done it. Apparently I'm not hungry enough for that. I'm too hungry for food. I don't know. I did give up some things though until I went over to your house, Forrest. <laughs> That's all I'll say. Dude makes an awesome margarita. <clears throat> anyway, also, don't take it personal, okay? If they don't get healed, don't go beat yourself up and self-inspecting. What am I? I'm just, there must be something wrong with me. Why can't I get it right? Boom, punch yourself in the head. Don't do that. Don't take it personal. There are other factors involved besides great faith. That is only one element of the equation. Great faith is only one part of the equation. Just learn to do your best to be faithful to his gospel and honor him for the results. Honor Jesus for the results. It's not wise to blame the person who is sick either. Do not do that. If you do that, don't tell them you go to Legacy City Church, please. And if I hear you do that, I'm not going to allow you to pray for people. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. There. That's not harsh, is it? I, I don't think so. Seriously. Our job is to represent, represent yeah. the Father, just like Jesus did. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. God takes it very serious how we represent him. If we blame them and start accusing them, did Jesus ever do that? I mean, he just healed them, and then he told them, now go sin no more. You know, It's like, you saw my love, my compassion. You saw, you received the healing. Now what are you going to do with it? Here's the last part. There's a difference between a miracle and healing. Miracles happen in an instant. Healing happens over time. I know. I, I do the same thing as you. I look for the instant, thinking, well, are they healed? When we've watched these healing conferences over the years, they're always asking, if you feel like what you came in here with is at least 50% healed or better, wave your hands in the air. And people all over the place start waving. And then they pray. See, that builds faith. Faith, yes, it explodes. And then the healing starts coming. It's like watching the meter. 100. Maybe they, they leave with 80% and they go home so lit, full of faith and joy that God touched them. They wake up in the morning and they're just like, I mean, Barbara could tell testimonies about how God's healed her over a period of time, right? Okay, so, so miracles happen in an instant healing over time. I'm going to try to bust this out, guys. I'm sorry. I know we're going a little late, but this is good stuff. This is helpful, I think. I need to be reminded of it. And if you're bored, I'll just remind myself and I'll be okay with that. 
When God heals people, give him thanks. There you go, Barbara. That's what you were looking for, right? If he heals someone, give him thanks. We don't be like, how do you feel? 100% better? Really awesome. Let's go on to the next person. We need to rejoice in the Lord. When he, he is so good, when he does a display of his power and love and compassion on somebody like that through your hands, I mean, at least you should be thankful. God, you used me. Thank you, Lord. And then you look at them, and then you, you look at, up. and then you look at them, and you're like, man, they got a lot of sin in their life. So thank you, Lord, for healing them too. Because there's only one. There is only one who is perfect. There is only one who is worthy. Only one who is truly holy. Now He has made you and I holy and righteous through His blood. Okay, but He is the source. Can't ever forget it. It's important to recognize the progress of what God is doing in the person's body and give thanks. Because healing increases in an atmosphere of thankfulness. You know, oftentimes when we are worshiping, healing is taking place. You probably have no clue of the things that God is dealing with in your body just because you're worshiping him. No word of knowledge for it. You didn't even know it was there. Well, I didn't know I had. God's probably going to show you. When you get to heaven, he's probably going to show you all the things that were going on in your body and how when you were worshiping, how it just popped, how it dissolved, how his fire came upon you, burned it off. Probably all the shaking that this lady over here does. It's probably, you know, God, I'm I'm sorry. Her husband's going to kick my butt after this. I'm joking. You guys know my joking. Still tokens. And it can happen while you're praying for someone. Because when we had um, the guy on Scott's route, Michael. Yes, Michael. When he was, we were praying for him, I had been dealing with my shoulder just being, my arm just being in a lot of pain. I'm not sure what I did to it. But I later that night, I got home and I was laying in bed and I was like, oh, my arm doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> I'm like, my arm got healed tonight. <laughs> so yeah. it just accidentally got healed. It was great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's good to be, ca- yeah. you know, I know. Yeah, I was like, thank you. Yeah. I know that we don't have a strong need for catchers yet in this place, but for when you're praying for people, you know, most people can handle carpet if they do fall. But the day comes when people are dropping and we need catchers behind them. That is an awesome spot to be in because the catchers often catch more than just the person. Yeah. They're getting some of that power yeah, of God on sure. them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got to do this are you sure are you sure you want to okay it's 825 we got communion just, still <laughs> when you brought up one of, the, one of the things that he had said to you i think that stands out more almost more than anything he said that he had never felt so much love anywhere in yeah. his life in this room and he was positioned to receive healing yeah yeah he got he got love swarmed by this house and he he still tells me about it i mean not every time i see him and if you didn't already know this when he so we prayed for my my customer on my route and um, he was going to have a procedure a a biopsy taken to see if there was cancer in the muscle tissue in that region somewhere Um, there's nothing there it's clean yeah thank you thank you lord thank you jesus So we are thankful because he used this house. Michael's 
thankful because God is apparently taking care of his stuff. And it's not like, well, anyway, I, I don't need to talk about all that, but I don't, there's the question is, does he really know the Lord? We don't know for sure. But then again, I don't even know if you guys really know the Lord. Do I know you, Lord? <laughs> Many are going to say to me in that day, didn't we know you? Depart from me, I never knew you. Okay, so here's the very final verdict. This is where we, we sum it all up with this. Jesus' blood paid for it all. His blood paid for it all. These are one, that's one of the four pillars of a revivalist culture is the goodness of God, the significance of everyone, nothing is impossible with God, and his, Jesus' blood paid for it all. That is our legacy. His blood prepaid. The, the bank account is full. We have everything we need. We just got to pull on, on heaven to bring into, from heaven into earth the treasure, the healing, the breakthroughs. And I, I love that quote from the Moravians. I don't know if you guys know that whole story. I'm not going to tell it. Just look it up yourself. These, Mora these, I don't know if they were Moravians, but anyway, it's these guys that went on a mission. Um, they left their homeland and went to go be with these people who were slaves to, to see them saved. And as they were leaving on their ship, they said, may the Lamb of God receive the full reward of his suffering. It's pretty powerful. Let's finish this night with communion. This is going to be our stand-up, closing prayer. We're just going to take the body and blood of Jesus and we're going to remember the price that he paid for everything that we've been talking about tonight. Do you want to see healing come through your hands to the person that you're praying for? Do you want to walk in the authority of King Jesus, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to see miracles happen, sickness broken off, demons coming out of people. I mean, watch out. That could be messy. It is. <laughs> it's messy unless you know the sozo method. Then it's like smooth. They kind of like butter up the demon and then it just kind of slips out. It's like, what happened? I was there and now I'm not. And the person's like, I feel so much better. Thank you. Then there's the yelling way, you know, freaks the person out. Okay. Get your, your elements assembled. I know that this is the fun part. You know, it's like we're, we're breaking open these little packages and we're taking out this little styrofoam wafer and grape juice that some of us don't even like the taste of because it makes them feel kind of icky when they drink it. But once you get it all assembled and you forget that it's, you know, grape juice and that you just took it out of a machine package thing, we want to we wanna turn our attention to Jesus. If you guys can, if you'd stand up, that'd be awesome. Yeah, stand up, shake, you know, shake your leg. I, I know you sat for that extra 30 minutes tonight. <clears throat> you can just blame the interrupters who had their two cents to throw. <laughs> It wasn't me. It wasn't me.
So if Jesus' blood paid for it all, if he, if he paid in advance for healing, for freedom, deliverance, for sin to be wiped out, forgiven, then we want to remember that when we take the cup and the bread because this bread is the body of Christ and this cup is his blood. Don't ask me to explain it. I'm not Catholic. I don't believe in transubstantiation. That hocus pocus, now it's actually... It is what the Bible says it is when you do this in remembrance of him. This bread is my body, Jesus said. So let's just pray this together. Thank you, Father, that you are not offended by Scott. No, don't say that. (laughs) You are not offended by my need for reassurance. Thank you that every promise you have made over my life will come to pass because you are faithful. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, he's so faithful. I take your body, Jesus, that was sacrificed so that I would have access to every promise of God. All right. So just take that bread, put Benny's book aside. If you hate it, that's fine. I just want you to, to hold this before the Lord. And what is it? What is the promise that you're going after that you believe Jesus paid for that you want to see released in your life? Just bring that before the Lord and declare over that situation, over that need, your body was broken, that this would be something I could access, that I would have access to the treasures of your kingdom, the breakthrough, the healing, the deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. lift up the cup and just say this with me I plead the blood of Jesus over every single promise in my life that is waiting for fulfillment I declare that you are the promise keeper faithful to your word I take your blood in remembrance of all that you've done. I trust your promises, Lord, more than my current circumstances. I trust you completely. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Father, Jesus' name, we just declare your blessing over everyone that is a part of this house, those that are here tonight, those that aren't. We just declare your blessing, and God, we ask that that divine release of kingdom authority and kingdom power would measure by measure come in increasing measure, (laughs) 
need more. Yeah, that's, that's just, can't even measure it, God. We just need more. We need more of your wisdom, more of intimacy with you, more of your authority, more of your power. But God, more than anything, back to the intimacy, Lord. Just let that be. Let that be the place where we find our fueling and our recharging and our everything. Because we need you and we love you, Lord. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, guys. You're champions. You went long. Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself a pat on the back. And God bless Min. Is that his name, Min? God bless Min. For whatever reason, he ran out the door. Pretty sure I know what I said. I had no idea, but bless him, God. In Jesus' name.